Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is, of course, You're in the Right Place, the U.S. Grace Force podcast. And it's me, Father Richard Heilman, and our return guest, Dan Schneider. Of course, everything begins with prayer. Padre? Okay. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Spirit amen. amen. Thank you, Father. And of course, before we get started, always want to tell everybody out there, if you uh, ever consider commenting on our podcast and the things that we do here, we appreciate it. And we appreciate your prayers. We appreciate your support. We appreciate very much all the great support we've had from so many people. If anybody's interested in supporting us financially through the Patreon program, just click the link in the description below. We ask you to pray about it. And a tremendous help, of course, right now with everything going on, a lot of canceling happening everywhere. Father and I are trying to be very cautious. We want to get the message out, want to be bold in getting that message out, shout it from the rooftops, but not do it in a way that's going to get us deplatformed. So we're trying to be cautious. Your prayers, your support through Patreon, Help us be able to accomplish this mission, and God bless you for that. Our guest tonight, Dan Schneider, good friend of the U.S. Grace Force podcast. Dan, great to have you back on. You and I were talking earlier today. We're going to jump right into this. Sanity in a time of diabolical disorientation. Now, we're going to choose our words carefully. The audience understands. We've got to talk a little bit in code and, of course, everything that's going on out there is uh, really calling for us to have to be clever. As St. Thomas More says, use your wits to the best of your ability at all times to be able to engage in this battle. And, Dan, you, of course, a little bit about your background. We know you've been involved in a lot of diabolical battles. Uh, can you give us just a brief synopsis, overview for the people who aren't familiar with you? We are a biblical scholar. You're not working for St. Francis University, Franciscan University in Ohio, correct? Right, right. I've got an academic position there, an adjunct position. I also do academic work through the Maryvale Institute in Birmingham, England, both uh, outstanding Catholic place, uh, you know, resources for, for Catholic academics. So um, Midwest guy from Ohio, uh, went to uh, Notre Dame, uh, Franciscan for my master's. My, I got my PhD from in, in England, um, from Birmingham through the Maryvale Institute. Yeah, and so I'm a bit of a geek, um, at, but I also work... Uh, with the local diocese in, in, um, in deliverance and exorcism. And I have for the past five or six years, uh, we've developed a, a platform to, to um, teach the, the protocol um, established by Father Chad Ripperger, um, the protocol for, for dealing with cases of diabolic affliction. So we've seen, you know, a lot of uh, the whole panorama from mild cases to heavy possession to purely psychological and everything in between cursed objects, cursed houses. Um, it's not, again, it's, it, it, it certainly, it's not something that um, I volunteer to do because I learned that in the army. Um, don't volunteer for anything. Don't make any eye contact, never <laughs> volunteer. And, uh, but it's something that, you know, uh, our local exorcist and, and our bishop has asked me to do. And so I did. And, and so, um, it, you know, and once you get involved working with, with cases of affliction, you begin to see um, just how deeply, um, deeply afflicted people are spiritually and how much need, how much help they need from the church, and and um, especially in the cases of high affliction, um, you see the power of the priesthood, the power of the hierarchy of the church, the authority of the church at work, and and um, the beauty to see a soul that's been enslaved for many many years to find liberation. So you know and, that's and, kind now, of. And just before the show, just before we got started here, you were talking about a possessed doll, not a possessed doll, a cursed Barbie doll. Right. You, the enemy uses all the, the enemy. Everything the enemy does is a, is a diabolic inversion of, of, of the church. So you have we have sacramentals. The enemy also uses various sacramentals, um, dolls. There's even a TV show based on the movie, a TV show called um, Chucky based on that movie. Um, we've seen that. I've seen that um, on a couple of cases. In this particular case you're asking about, there was somebody who um, had some diabolic affliction. The parents brought the child to us. And um, she had constant chronic problems with a leg, with her leg, couldn't couldn't figure out what was wrong. But she had all kind of other issues, spiritual issues, and so that's why they brought them to the to the to the church and to the exorcist. And um, 
we started probing a little bit. She had an unhealthy attachment to a family member, an uncle and a toy. So we asked her to bring the toy in and she brings it in. Sure enough, her right leg has had problems her whole life. And this, this Barbie doll is covered. It's painted with all sorts of occultic symbols and it's missing its right leg. And it's got some sort of witchcraft type clothing on it. It was just bizarre. So we took it down to our spot and to destroy it. And, um, me and, and, and Kyle Clement, who works directly with Father Ripperger, and he was training us at the time. And so we, we, this is how you do the right protocol for this thing, you know. And so we take it down and start digging a hole and, and saying our prayers of protection, prayers of reparation, et cetera. And the minute we, we started, the wind shift, and I had skates, look, look the whole area and make sure everything was fine. And I look over and like three feet away is this rotting um, skunk. And the wind shifted and it was horrible sound. So we're like, let's get out of here. So we, we light this thing up and it burned this small little Barbie doll. And it probably burned for 45 minutes, green, black, hissing smoke. Um, I've been in, in Desert Storm, you know, uh, I'm a combat veteran and we would burn stuff. You know what I mean? Like the fire pits, you heard about these fire pits and all these things. It, it burnt like that, but it was one little Barbie doll. It burnt like a fire pit uh, of military equipment and gear. It was pretty pretty, pretty amazing thing to see. You know, theologically, they talk about the inanimate agency of, of, of objects, places. They, they can convey the divine, this rosary, you know, the St. Benedict medal, the miraculous medal, with the authority and blessing of the church can convey divine power. Well, the enemy picks up on that and they do the same thing. So they have cursed objects and these other things that, that bear with them the, what, whatever look prayer begets what it signifies so so if that prayer is a curse uh, and done and done in their in their correct form at certain levels it just gets worse and worse and deeper and deeper these things these, these things beget what they signify so these are counter countermeasures to the church's sacramentals and this is it just emphasizes for us as catholics to keep fighting back with the sacramentals holy water bless salt the rosary uh, all these the the, the, the scapular St. Benedict Medal. All these things are very important for us to do for spiritual protection. And also, not it's not superstition, but spiritual protection that we tap into the power of the church. We link ourselves with the universal church. Yeah, and I, I just, before, Father, before I turn this over to you, I just wanted to bring that up because it, it really struck me when you were talking about this before we got started, that this is something that a lot of people, I think, kind of laugh off, like because of some of these movies like Chucky and some of this stuff out there, that people don't take seriously is, and I'm glad you made that, that, that distinction, that point. Blessed objects, as you mentioned, metals, rosary, scapular, and so forth, carry something on, on, of, of, of power that can open the door to, to grace, can, can, can really bring us closer to God. Well, the, the reverse can happen if you've got cursed objects. Yeah. Um, and this is something that a lot of people don't think about. Bless your homes. Get your homes blessed by a priest. You know, for us husbands and fathers, sprinkle holy water, bless salt around your home. You know, um, I know you, I saw this at your house when I was out in New Mexico a couple months ago with you there. And um, the, the uh, scapulars on the doorknobs. And so I, 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 I got the little scapulars because uh, you, you introduced me to that great uh, Carmelite order there. And I have scapulars on my, all my exterior doorknobs now. Just little, little small ones, but they're tied in there on the doorknob now. So, I mean, th these are just fantastic and spiritually powerful practices that we should be engaging in. Yeah, we, we, in the military, we, we talked about tactics, web, or strategies, strategy and tactics. So you have to understand strategically, what is the goal? What is the mission? Uh, what is the overarching methodology of where we're going with this? And then tactically speaking, how are we gonna uh, conquer our objective? How are we gonna get to that point? You know, um, how, how are we gonna take the hill? Yeah, we're gonna take hill 101. How are we gonna take it? What weapons are we gonna use? What's the, what's the route we're gonna take? Where's our maps? How much water are we packing? How much ammo are we packing? So all these things make a difference in, in physical combat and spiritual combat the same way, using the right tools um, the right weapons of prayer, uh, and, and at the end of the day, entrusting things to God. The greatest weapon that we have as Roman Catholics is the state of grace, the sacraments of the church. We can't lose sight of Jesus Christ and stay focused on Jesus Christ and what he, and, and, and the power he has entrusted to the church and not, again, slip, slip into superstition, slip into curiosity. You know, we've had Cases where people were very curious and recording sounds and they're watching these ghost hunter shows, 
All this stuff is curiosity. It militates. That's a vice. It militates against the, the, the virtue of studiosity, that we should stay within our, our, own, our own construct, whatever, whatever our vocation and our place in life, that's where we need to be. There's no reason to, to delve into curiosity on some of these things, you know, because, because the, the, the devil will draw you down that road. Yeah, great point. Yeah, Dan, thanks so much for being with us. Yeah. I was telling It's always a pleasure, uh, Father. Yeah, I was telling Doug earlier when uh, we were talking about having you on, I said, he's my favorite guest ever. Well, maybe Father Ripperger, but but after Father Ripperger. <laughs> but, I will gladly take that. Father Ripperger is a fantastic but, uh, interview, yeah. No, but I love I love what you're dedicated to because, you know, you use the word protocol. That's a word that's being thrown around, around a lot with this uh, virus that's going around and, you know, how to treat it and that. But that's what you're dedicated to is that uh, how do we get in a state of grace? How do we... How do we get strong? You know, uh, I the the motto of uh, the Grace Force is uh, "Per virtutum pax," which means peace through strength. Okay, yeah. that was the Reagan quote. You know, uh, uh, that um, uh, you maintain the peace through your strength. Weakness only invites aggression. You know, we're seeing that in spades right now. That those who are in charge uh, to protect our country are just—I'm calling them a feminine. I mean, I, it's just they're so weak. Uh, and there's the concern now is on uh, you know critical race theory and pr proper pronouns and and instead of you know something like uh, freeing our people from Afghanistan it's just it's crazy what's going on but again what you're promoting is strength and and I can't, can't tell you enough because when we first uh, got in contact with you uh, I was listening to you and how you assess you know a, a, a person. And, uh, it, it, and basically what you're doing is you're trying to um, uh, find what, what it, in particular you're dealing with. And I said to myself, I do that, you know, but it, it comes naturally or supernaturally. So someone comes to me with a problem or they cannot get an answer prayer or whatever. And then I start my, you know, assessing, okay, how, are you going to church? Are you, are you going to confession? And so on and so forth. And that's really what you're dedicated to. Um this past Saturday night, I had the great uh, privilege of being uh, to give the um, invocation at the, they call it the Lincoln Reagan dinner, but it's a big uh, Republican uh, dinner that they have. And all of the um, the top people who are either running for office or in, in office are there. But you know what? They were all coming up to me individually while we were kind of socializing. They said, Father, we're in spiritual warfare, aren't we? I mean, they, they knew it. They knew what, because what, everybody's feeling it right now. And at one point, one of the guys got up that's running for Congress, and he's a former Navy SEAL. All and right. of course, he had my attention right away. Yeah, yeah. What a great talk. But see, there was such strength in, in, in his conviction about standing against those forces that are trying to tear our country down. And I, I'm just like, this guy's awesome. I managed to get over to him uh, after dinner, and I just kind of squatted down next to his chair. And I said, listen, I want you to have this. And I didn't know if he's Catholic or not, but I gave him a combat rosary. Awesome. And um, we're actually, I was telling you before the show, I started a 501c3 called Combat Rosaries for Heroes. And uh, we just sent out our, our first 5,000 to all the chaplains. Uh, but but it's, it's Combat Rosary Touch to the Relic of the True Cross. So I gave him one because of what you're passionate about, Dan. I want him to be strong. You know, that little girl had, or whatever age, had a Barbie doll that was, you know, that was, uh, I don't want to say possessed. What's the word? Cursed. Cursed. And look at what the, what it was doing to her. The, the, mm. As you guys have been saying here, the same is true. And I told him, I said, you don't even have to pray this. Just hold it. Just keep it in your pocket. You know, you'll get blessing from this. And the guy's eyes were like so saucers. I started telling him about uh, the Grace Horse. We're up almost 78,000 now, which we passed the Coast Guard. I said I started a new branch of the military. <laughs> and he's like, wait, what? Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> said, great. Well, the government doesn't know that yet, but <laughs> but we Yeah, and but, now but you're people, issuing you're issuing your sidearms. That's exactly, fantastic. Exactly, exactly. Standard issue. One yeah, e. but he was all in and felt it was so necessary. But but listen, that's where everybody's at right now. I mean, uh I, this wasn't a Catholic gathering, this is just conservative Republicans, and they're all going, Are we in spiritual warfare, Father? I said, Yeah, we are. And, uh, but, uh, Dan, can you tell us a little bit? So we were, our, 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 um, the title is called, uh, sanity in a time of diabolical disorientation. 
can, can we start putting our toe in the water? How are we going to find sanity uh, in these times? Everybody is just, we're punch drunk right now. I mean, it's just come at us so fierce over the last, what, 18 months, whatever it's been. And it's not just the virus, it's, it's everything. Uh, the government that took control, uh, and, you know, I'm not going to get into how they did that, but, um, but you know, and, and it's just one thing after another. What can we do right now to maintain that sanity, to become spiritually strong uh, in the face of all this diabolical disorientation? Yeah, uh, we don't have to really go in to see how crazy it is. Um, you just turn on the news. Right, exactly. And then turn off the news. I had, yeah. I had a, uh, an older gentleman saying he was just so frustrated. He was watching the news and he was getting so angry about everything and all this fear. fear and, and what do I do? What do I do? And he's so angry. He says he's, he's getting older. And he says, you know, people at the Pentagon, you've got friends there. Can you can can they do something? Can we? And I said, look, here's the best thing you can do. Turn your TV off, get your rosary out and start yep. praying. Yep. Right. You know, the actual I was talking to um, I'm Benedict and Oblate. I was talking to our abbot not long ago. And he says, you realize that the word quarantine is actually, a, that's a, that's an ecclesial term that in, in tradition of the church, a quarantine 40 is days, 40 day period of penance. Yep. So what do we do? We have to, we have to go back, dig down into the basics, basic, uh, what C.S. Lewis calls mere Christianity, prayer, fasting, yes. pushing back interiorly. You know, the reading from last Sunday is one of my favorites. If you want to serve the God's of, the, of these foreign nations, the gods of your fathers, whatever, that they serve, these false gods. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Now, this is God's warrior. This is a soldier for God, you know. Um, so he said, you know, as for me and my household, it's trying to stay as tight as you can, uh, um, you know, backing off, backing off, not not getting sucked into all the divisiveness of what's going on in our, in our culture. Right. And then cl cleaning your house. Cleaning you know, your quick, house. A quick definition of Catholic detoxing. Detoxing. We yeah. were sitting. We went to. Uh, we were sitting outside of a little hillbilly restaurant in the mountains, not far from here, waiting to get in. And uh, every, we we're sitting around, and there's maybe twelve people waiting outside. And every single person is just sitting there on their phone doing something. And I uh, had this urge. Mm. I got about ten minutes. I could probably get through four or five emails right now. Detoxing from from the electronics. Yes purifying a quick definition a working definition of, of catholic uh, discernment is purity of thought word and deed how do oh. how do we keep a pure in our thought word yes. and deed how do we do that and and, and the, the the basic weapons remember the enemy that we're fighting he's an ancient enemy he knows every language every every fallen angel has a perfect knowledge of every language that was ever created right but he responds to latin the language of the church for a reason Get to know the language of the church. Get to know what the church has given us. This ancient enemy that we've been fighting, the church has been fighting with, and it's the ancient weapons that are going to do it. It's not going to be any fancy. I can get into really fancy theology, but the DDT, the devil-defeating theology, is the good basic heart self. What if St. Paul says, I resolve to preach nothing but Christ and him crucified. Right. Putting forth Jesus Christ. And, but this is the same St. Paul that also says, um, I, make up, I make up what is lacking in the suffering of Christ's body, which is the church. For you has been commissioned, it's in Philippians, not only to believe in him, but to suffer for him. And so one of the key aspects of the protocol is teaching those who are afflicted to begin to offer their suffering up for their abuser, for the church, for their bishop, for the sanctity and the purification of the church, when you can begin to, when, when, when this is, this breaks the diabolic matrix. This is, this cannot, cannot be fathomed by the enemy, how somebody would offer their own suffering up for someone else. And so this is what, this is like a, the judo move um, for the enemy. And how do we do that? Backing off, don't get drawn into the world. Don't get drawn into the worldly debates, quarantine yourself in the truest sense of the word, and, and step back and detox, like you say, and start working on purity of thought, word, and deed. And you're not going to do that apart from the sacraments of the Roman Catholic Church, prayer, devotion to our Blessed Mother. These are the things that God has given for us through, through times of war. This is what got me through when I was in Iraq. Prayer, the rosary, reading scripture, fellowship with other good men, uh, um, you know, edifying each other 
with the thoughts and talks of God. These are the things that we need to do. Keeping your, you know, keep your friend group close like your shot group, right? Your shot group should be nice and tight. Keep your friends, keep yes. your friends really tight. Have a good really short tight. group of friends that you that you that you're tight yes. with, you know, and walk through this together. We've been yeah. working on that here. Uh, Good. Yeah. We've, been, we've been doing Thursday nights where we get on our knees before the Blessed Sacrament and Adoration. We're calling it Heal Our Land Holy Hours, and it's been amazing. Uh, but then we also spend some time with each other out on the lawn after that. But that's really meant it's, – it's meant to be fun, but it is for the purpose of we need to unite right now. We need to yeah. get really tight, really strong together, and it's working. Uh, we're, we're developing a really strong – uh, relationship right now. I just want to, before, I'll let you get going, Doug, but I want to piggyback on your quarantine in 40 days. You know, we're, we're in, I think we're eight days in right around there to, of, of St. Michael's Lent. And that, that was uh, St. Francis of Assisi. And he started doing that just a few years before he passed, but he took a special time out and it was August 15th, the assumption mm, up to right. the uh, feast of St. Michael, the Archangel on September 29th. But listen, what you're talking about here, Dan, and I'm my heart's pumping as I'm listening to you. But listen, anybody who's decided I'm going to start dieting or I'm going to start, you know, going to the gym, you know, I'm going to start, you know, walking or running. What is that? You know, that you're all of a sudden you get that heart for getting strong, okay, or getting fit. But you know, that's what this is about. This is about getting spiritually fit and and deciding, okay, now's the time. I'm going to do this. I'm I'm going to enter in. So that's really fasting and praying and we're in this 54-day rosary novena right now and that's really what it's it's meant to be it's a it's a training in holiness while we are dedicated to calling out to the blessed mother um i people have heard me say this but i love louis de montfort's image where you know she's the intercessor so she actually comes to the edge of heaven and receives our petition on a golden platter and dresses it up and then turns and she advocates for us before the throne of God. It's like, come on, do this for Father Rick. You know, you like, <laughs> you know, she's like our defense attorney. But we need Blessed Mother is just so key. And you know, that's what that rosary is. It's just that uh, Hail Mary. It's Mom, Mom, Mom. Hail Mary. I love you. I love you. You know, and I, I just I want to be in your mantle. I want to be in your presence. I want to. I want Mary. I want you. I want to be near to you so that you and I together. We stand before the throne of God and call it to God. And he can't deny his mom anything, yeah. right? Absolutely. One of the benefits of, of the rosary, it most, most, most Christians lose. We, we lose the thought of prayer. Most of us pray, um, <clears throat> our Father, Hail Mary, gimme, 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 right? And that's, that's the way a, 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 an eight-year-old, a six-year-old prays. Right. Meditation is absolutely important. St. John Vianney, the Curie de Ars, says our our meditative prayers wound of the devil, right? Wow. So our prayers project into the cosmos. So when you pray, two things happen. On the one hand, you're beginning to shore up and through meditation. Teresa of Avila, doctor of the church, says there is never a time that, that her sisters, her daughters should not do uh, meditation, meditative prayer, simple meditation, meditating on the, the, the rosaries, meditating Lexio Divina on, on, the, on scripture, on holy scripture, holy readings. Because it helps you develop custody of the intellect. Every man, every men's conference, every man, Catholic man out there knows you have to have custody of the eyes, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to fight the spiritual battle against, against lust. But you must have custody of the intellect because you because the enemy can project through the imagination, through the memory, he can project images. Uh, um, this is why it's important to control what we plug into the imagination, as Father Ripperger has points out in his book. Got it on my desk somewhere, the science of mental health. The data set of what the enemy has access to is our imagination. And so limiting what we put into our mind, just this, this kind of mindless reading uh, of the internet, that sort of thing, curiosity, tightening it up through meditation. So when you get a projection, you can see it. You can see that punch coming. I started training. I trained fighters over the years. And, and, and the last thing that goes on a fighter, I was a boxer, is his punch. Now, I can still hit pretty hard. But I can't see, I can see the opening and I can't make it anymore. You know what I mean? Because I'm old. So I can, I can see the opening, but I can't get there. And my reactions are too slow. And, I, and if I get hit, I crumple, you know, and whine. It hurts. So, but, but seeing the opening, seeing, seeing the opening and being able to get there and close the gap, 
this is the, the, one of the effects of meditation and learning. So, so you can learn to develop in your intellect a custody and then, and then a, and a constancy in your emotions that the intellect and your emotions are rightly ordered. Because whatever there's a high emotionality, the enemy is drawn to that. Wherever there's this high intense emotional state. So, so, so one prayer helps us to, to create a defensive perimeter, but also prayer also acts in an offensive way. It, it, we send it off into the cosmos. And so rather than cursing our president, cursing our, you know, whatever, you're mad about this or that clergyman, you're mad about this or that congressman, your governor, pray for them, pray for them, that, that God in his mercy will, will not allow them to be manipulated, will give them good, clear images in their imagination, not be driven by fear or not to be driven by these other things and entrust everything to the Lord. Dan, you know, again, the title Sanity in the Time of Diabolical Disorientation. And I mean, there, every day in the news, we're hearing more and more um, of natural things, or not maybe natural things, but the things that are happening. Uh, church is shutting down. Australia is going through martial law right now. Uh, they're talking about shutting the churches down until September 30th in Australia. Um, we're hearing that there's talk um, of some archbishops and bishops discussing whether or not they're going to withhold giving Holy Communion to people who, are, who have not taken this medical procedure through a needle. And we're being careful with the words because we know that this could be taken down if we're not. So people get what I'm saying here. We are getting to a point where the segregation, the separation, and you and I were talking earlier today about the divide and conquer mindset and mentality. We're, we are, we're seeing now today as we record this on Monday that the FDA has given full approval of one of these um, biological agents, we'll call it, that is inserted into the body through a needle. Uh, full approval now. And so all of a sudden, all these corporations and businesses that have been planning are now going to push mandatory needle injections. Okay. Uh, and people will be put in positions as they already are. This isn't coming. It's already here. Whether or not they're going to have to accept it, even though there's still the question about whether or not the, the stem cells from aborted babies, not stem cells, but the tissue from aborted babies and all this that's behind this, all of this mess is so diabolical. People are now being put on the line as to whether or not they're going to have a job. And it's really scaring a lot of people. And I agree with everything about building the camaraderie, building the unity, but we also need to be ready to back each other, support each other, and maybe more. Now, we're not trying to call for anything here, but as you and I were talking earlier, and Father and I talk a lot about the comments that we see here, people are really, really freaked out, understandably, and scared by this, by these things that are happening. What are your comments or thoughts about these things unfolding because you and I were talking pretty openly earlier today on the phone about, yeah, this is, this is really shaking a lot of people and it's not slowing down. I think your words to me were, this isn't going away. Yeah, yeah. So we have to have a different mindset about how we're preparing to be there for one another. If this really, and when it potentially really gets to a point of, are we going to be able to eat? We're going to be able to pay bills. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, yeah. There's an old saying that we use, that evil militates to absurdity. We're starting to see, see that now. Yes. Um, that, you know what, Don, Dan, that is a perfect statement. The absurdity of what's happening. Let me just rant for another second here. <laughs> Afghanistan, you don't pull out the civilians. You don't pull out the equipment, but you pull out the military. Now the Taliban tells us you have until August 31st. That's it. They're setting the deadline. That, talk about absurdity. As, I mean, as a you, former as a former attack helicopter pilot, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm I, I I've been mulling in my head the ramifications of the Taliban owning a, a, an Apache helicopter. Oh, Have you ever God. seen an Apache? The most amazing, unbelievable machines. Uh, I, I mean, they're just incredible machines. I was a Cobra guy, uh, the the precursor to the <laughs> Apache. They, we they, they had different missions, but uh, for the most part. But so I, I didn't fly Apaches. Um, but they're just amazing machines. The fact that we just walked away and handed them over, that technology is, is it's anyway. And, I'm not and if not the Taliban, a, China. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, they're in China's back pocket. So, I mean, billions and billions of dollars of, of weaponry. It's, that, we, that we paid for as taxpayers. Right. I've got friends. I've got friends that were killed over there. 
that went back after Iraq. And, uh, and I, I, think, I think often about what their family must be thinking is the wife and his children he left behind. Guy who was killed in an Apache crash um, in Afghanistan in 2006. You know, it breaks my heart to think. Um, again, we're a little off topic here, but it, again, the evil militates to absurdity and you're watching the absurdity. Yeah, and, that, um, and that's the point, the absurdity of all of this that's unfolding and the absurdity of our religious leaders telling us that or even considering whether or not they're going to give Holy Communion to people that are unvaccinated, okay? Yeah, and, so and, I, and, and, and also that they're segregating churches. This has been going on for months now, segregating churches for those you know, who have the needle, who haven't, yeah. who will cover their face, who won't. It's absurd. But I think this points something that, that, that we recognized early on is that um, if the sacraments are withdrawn from us, many of us have used the sacraments. Um, and maybe you, you, you commit this or that kind of venial sin that you're struggling with, anger or whatever, speech or whatever it is. Well, I'll just go to confession this Saturday and it'll clean me up. I'll get cleaned up. And you may not have that. You may not have that in, in the present church. You may not have the ability and the luxury of being able to go to confession or calling Father. Hey, can I come see you, Father? Go to communion every day. You may not have that. So you got to learn, again, to, to tighten your perimeter up, to tighten up things so that you can, you can be self-sustained in your spirituality through, through prayer, fasting, penance, um, and that your prayer and you're monitoring your speech. You're monitoring all the venial sins and rooting these things out of your soul to, to attain as much holiness of thought, word, and deed as you can, um, because we don't know what's going to happen down the road with the sacraments. Thanks be to God. Um, you know, a lot of places have, have, have great priests and great bishops, and they're really putting it out there. So um, be thankful. But we have to support those guys. We have to, we have to speak out and defend the good priests and, and defend the good the universities that are, that are out there fighting the tide and pushing back to, to put the truth out there. The second point I wanted to make was, was um, we have to understand, and Father will remember from his philosophy days, that man, one of the basic principles of, of the philosophy of the human person, Christian anthropology, and I'm not a philosopher, but this is an easy concept for anyone to understand, that we're, the phrase is, we are suri juris. We are our own jurisdiction, right? We have our, we, 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 we are standalone jurisdictionally. We, we are free. And through that autonomy, as individuals, we have a right to conscience. Our conscience, we have the right to choose. We have a right to conscience, to be, to be able to discern. We form our conscience through, through, through prayer, through the teachings of the church. But, but you have to, the debate to me isn't on this or that chemical or this. I mean, yeah, of course, the, the link with abortion is huge. But the, 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 the real discussion is we should, we should allow people to have freedom of choice, freedom of choice, because we are our own, we are our own jurisdiction. We have, we have that authority over ourselves. Spiritual authority flows through natural law. And so I have authority over myself, my temporal goods, family, etc. And so it is, it is, it is a violation of the dignity of the human person to force a medical procedure upon them that they are not willing to do so. They're what was the quote you mentioned earlier today from uh, St. Colonel Newman? Oh, I was just reading them because I've been, been, been kind of reading a lot on Newman uh, on, on conscience. And so um, I, was, I just picked this one up. And, and so Newman wrote a little bit on conscience. And it, but the, the backdrop of the, of the debate, um, the backdrop of the debate on conscience was the definition of papal infallibility. Here he is newly into the Catholic Church. And all of a sudden, the, the, the church defines papal infallibility at the First Vatican Council. And so um, he goes into this um, and defends this, quoting uh, a Cardinal Tura Cremata and also Cardinal uh, Bellarmine, uh, St. John Bellarmine. Um, and, he, and he uses the analogy, the instance of conscience, because the, the, the debate at the time in England was, well, the Pope is going to dictate your conscience and you got to do whatever he says. And so they're saying, theoretically, um, the, the juxtaposing the unjust command of a Pope versus your own conscience um and here's what he says he says i refer to two weighty authorities first is this cardinal although it clearly follows from circumstance that the pope can err at times and command things which must not be done and he's not talking about faith and morals that we are we are not to be simply obedient to him in all things that does not show that he must be not obeyed when his commands are good so that in the positive showing to, to show that 
Um, as it says in the Acts of the Apostles, one ought to obey God rather than man. Therefore, were the Pope to command anything against Holy Scripture or the articles of faith, the truth of the sacraments, or the commands of the nature of natural or divine law, so any command that goes against natural law, divine positive law, ought not to be obeyed, but in such commands be passed over. St. John Bellarmine says this, in order to resist and defend oneself, no authority is required. Therefore, as it is lawful to resist the Pope if he, is, if he assaulted a man's person, so if the Pope came and started beating you down, you could defend yourself, he's saying, right? So it's lawful to resist if he assaults a soul or troubles the state, and much more if he strove to destroy the church. Now, I'm not making any commentary, you make any commentary on our present pope. This, this, these are theor theoretical discussions on the value of conscience, the high importance of mm. conscience in the life of the Christian. We must form our conscience and make informed decisions. We must respect the consciences of others. Well, and, 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 yeah, and the reason when we were talking earlier today, and the reason I wanted to bring this up again about the Cardinal Newman quote was, so many people right now are feeling this pressure, you know, and, and I, to me, it's, it's, it's an aspect of the diabolical disorientation that the, the guilt trip that's being laid on people when someone says it's a corporal work of mercy to go get this medical procedure through a needle that is got so many problems. I think you mentioned earlier today, Dan, the, the VARES out organization has listed over 13,000. Is, is it just, is it deaths alone or complications? So far, the VAERS reporting system, this is just government statistics. Um, these are known reported deaths, um, 12,000. And okay. another another 1,000 or 1,200 of babies in the womb that okay. died. Uh, and we, induced, yeah, and induced, induced miscarriages. Yeah. That's it, induced miscarriages. And, yeah. and we, know, we know that there are many, many, many thousands more reports of just complications, enlarged heart to, uh, I, I mean, I met, Father, the conference you and I did at St. Louis, Marian Conference, I had two different people come up to me who both had taken this biological agent through the needle, and they both are suffering now what appears to be permanent problem. One a woman, a mother, wife in her 30s, upper 30s, and one a man um, who uh, is probably 50s and now has permanent eye damage because it affected his optic nerve. Um, and, and these are just two cases that came up to me at that one week in conference we were at. So these types of things, are, everybody's running into people everywhere. And there are doctors out there who have publicly stated, I will no longer give this needle anymore because of so many complications that have come from it. Yeah, because this, of the Hippocratic Oath, the first, the first, the, the do no harm. Right. The ones that are seeing harm being done, they, they wait and, and defer judgment until, until further yeah. time, you know, until, well, until there's more data in. And, and not to harp on this one issue, but this is just one of so many areas of this time of diabolic disorientation. That just, I just, I'm, I'm just amazed at, and as Father, you keep saying over and over and have for, for many months now, that evil is really reaching. Evil's really exposing itself, and and, and you, I know you've got you some great thoughts on that about evil. Really, hey, I'm out here, and I don't care what you see. You know, here I am. The enemy isn't hiding anymore. Can I, can, can I interject there? Yeah, yeah. Because I was talking to you guys about uh, my thoughts on Revelation 12. Yes, and we were uh, alerted to. Uh, a literal sign in the sky of the revelation 12 sign, you know, Mary adorned with 12 stars and all that. Mm -hmm. it, it happened and it, it, it emerged uh, in 2016 and, uh, and went until just days before the hundredth anniversary of the, um, the miracle, uh, miracle of the sun in, in Fatima. And, um, but and, and what, what, what happened too, is that the King planet Jupiter in the beginning, went into what would be the Virgo, the womb of the Blessed Mother, and then nine and a half months, which is you know late-term pregnancy, it it uh, it came out of the womb on uh, on the feast of or, or the the uh, uh, Padre Pio's feast day, September twenty-third. Anyway, um, but but okay, that happened then, and and uh, and so that it happened. So then. I, I thought, well, now what happens? And so you read on in Revelation 12. Let me read a portion to you real quick here. Uh, then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, 
who leads the whole world astray, he was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring. And get this, those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. I was saying this the other day, I, I mean, to, to those who are so anti-God in our culture right now, uh, and I, I, I'll go ahead and say it's the progressives. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. They boo God. It, 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 the, we're, we're more threatening to their agenda than Al-Qaeda right now. Yeah, oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah the, because we're, and, and they're warring against, let me reread it, those who keep God's commands and hold fast to their testimony about Jesus. I mean, look at the, first is the persecuted priests. You know, these are the ones that who are actually speaking out loud what the church teaches on uh, subjects that might get uh, those who stand athwart the will of God. It might get them angry because you, you've got to be kidding me. You actually said what the church teaches out loud. And so they're called divisive, mm. you know, by some shepherds. And, and uh, again, this is the warring against those who keep God's commandments. Speaking, uh, in our I'm going to finish here just real quick. But then I thought to myself, they're hurled down to earth out of heaven, you know, and that to me supports the notion of what we're seeing right now is that they were hurled down. We're seeing them, the rats are coming out from darkness, okay, and being exposed. And while it's horrific to look upon it, uh, we're, we're, we're red pilling and understanding. The evil that was there hiding in the darkness is now this arrogant evil out in the open and telling us to sit down and shut up. There, I'm done. Well, I was just going to say, speaking of the priests that are being persecuted, do you still have your your friend or someone who's monitoring everything you say and yeah, preach yeah, yeah. and Hello, sending friend. it to the local newspaper? I got a mold, uh, Dan, that uh, <laughs> sits a, and with a notepad and and takes notes so he can he or she can send it to the, the secular paper. Well, to... That's exactly, that's, that's part of the Luciferian tactics that um, the progressive left does against their political opponents. This is what, this is, this is part of the tactics of the Saul Linsky method. We're seeing, we're living in the quake now politically of the Saul Linsky method. Yes. You know, who wrote his book, the rules for radicals dedicated it to Lucifer, the first radical. Yep. So we're seeing that Luciferian division. I'm thinking of right now in this context. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but, but Father, embedded in Revelation 12 is the answer. The, the, how do we find sanity in the midst of this diabolic? Yes. When you think about it, I know in, in high schools, I've, Doug, did we, did we talk about this, about these, these, this reality? These kids are now calling themselves fluffies or furries or something, and they um, identify as animals. Because yeah. once, you can, once you can say that... Right, we're just can, beasts. Once you can say that gender is a social construct, right. and, and, and there's no more natural law, Right. Any anything can be reconstructed according to yep. to 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 either social vote or might is right and it can be pushed, which is what we're seeing. But but in Revelation 12, we see, Father, I think I, I think I think well, Revelation, what what does John say? What is happening, what did happen, what is happening, and what's gonna happen, right? So I think we're in the middle of it. Um, the cosmos was marred when a third of the angels fell, and some of the the, the, the patristic fathers speculated that those choirs of a third angels were filled with the saints filled with us which increases their rage we stand we stand close to god in the image of likeness of god this is why you know when we're dealing with these cases you see such absolute envy rage towards us because because of what god has done for us but he's given us in revelation 12 the weapons we have saint michael it's an, an old ancient weapon that is an extremely and every and every rucksack that you carry and every grunt that's walking he has in his rucksack, he's got tools in the back of my helicopter. I had tools in case, in case this or that contingency. In the back of the rucksack, every Catholic soldier has to have is this chaplet of St. Michael. It's a powerful prayer. It's one that we would say it's used in an as-needed basis. You, as you need it, you break this out because you're starting to do battle back cos cosmically by invoking the various choirs of angels and the virtues which they, they bear with them. But also the blood of the Lamb, our Eucharistic Lord, Rather than, than, again, what my dad, may he rest in peace, the original Gran Torino, 
what he would call internet tough guys, you know, keyboard, keyboard warriors, rather than go on Facebook and rather go on, on and blast people on the internet, stand before the blessed sacrament, right. kneel before the Lord, invoke the Lord for us, right. pray for our priests, pray for our families, you know, learn how to pray, learn how to pray a, a very powerful prayer, prayers that work. And then the third, we see the blessed mother who is Ark of the Covenant, who bears the presence of Christ, her son, who bears God. He doesn't see the ark, the wood box made of acacia wood ingrained with gold. He sees the woman. And so she is front and center in this spiritual battle. The immaculate, my immaculate heart will triumph. This is the age of the triumph of the immaculate heart. We just happen to be on the other side of the battle. We're, we're kind of like Hill 101 or Hamburger Hill, where we're holding on this hill and we got to call in artillery uh, on our own position right now. It's kind of where we're at, but we will get through this, but it's going to be through those weapons, invoking the angels, our guardian angel, devotion to the angels, devotion to St. Michael. Imply Remember, angels go where they're asked. The demons go where they're not resisted. We've got to invoke the angels and bring them, bring them uh, their, their intercessory help for us, the Blessed Mother and our Eucharistic Lord. Yeah, look, that's one. Look, oh, sorry. I just want to follow up real quick because <clears throat> it made me think of this Maximilian Colby uh, quote uh, from what you just said, Dan. He said, modern times are dominated by Satan and will be more so in the future. The conflict with hell cannot be engaged by men, even the most clever. The Immaculata alone has from God the promise of victory over Satan. However, assumed into heaven, the mother of God now requires our cooperation. She seeks souls who will consecrate themselves entirely to her, who will become in her hands the effective instruments for the defeat of Satan and the spreading of God's kingdom upon the earth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it also... It also it, well, and, and to follow up on that, this is something, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about in BRC, BR Coalition, BR Battle Ready Coalition that we do, the online membership, which, by the way, we're having a, our first year anniversary in September, and we're having a special open on September 7th and 8th, specifically the 8th, because it is Our Lady's uh, birthday, birthday. Yeah. celebrated. And this is one of the key things. So we want to encourage everybody out there right now to pay attention. Battle Ready Coalition special open. You got two days, 48 hours to sign up and become a Battle Ready Coalition member. Uh, and we talk about these things on monthly video training that we do in our lives that we do about the rosary. You talk about these prayers, Dan, and so important to remember. The Blessed Mother herself in Fatima in 1917, in all six apparitions, there is one thing that she repeated in each of those apparitions. And it was this, when you pray the rosary, you can bring peace to the world and you can avert war. And I, I ask the question all the time. I mean, I, I don't, I, you know, there are times my wife and I, we, you know, the day got busy, we got carried away and it's one o'clock, we're dead tired. We still got to pray our rosary. We still got to yeah. get that done, you know? And, and, you know, normally we do it when we're wide awake and, you know, it's, it's, we find a good time of the day we can really focus. But the point is, I, I meet people everywhere who say, well, I just don't have time or I don't get anything out of it. I'm, I struggle with it. I, the Blessed Mother never said anything about how you feel she about say, it. Yeah. She, yeah. Said, she didn't say if you feel like doing it, and if you feel like you get something out of it. She just said, pray it, do it, get it done. And, you know, Dan, you as a former soldier know what that's like, how you go, you got a mission to go on. And you know that it's life and death. And we're talking spiritual life and death and even natural life and death because the diabolical and calling on angels and so forth affect people's lives, souls, people's choices, decisions, which can result in natural consequences that are devastating, such as war, death, abortion, assault, you name it. And so we can impact and affect the natural with the spiritual. It is absolute that we can do this. So Dan, as a former soldier, can you talk about that mission of just Pray the rosary. Come on. Our lady yeah. didn't say anything about feeling. She said, right. just do it because it can avert war and bring peace to the world. Yeah, yeah. Nowhere in tradition, in the Catholic tradition, does our emotions a reflection of our relationship, our standing before God. It's on something ontological, something sacramental. Um, not long ago, towards the beginning of the of the pandemic, um, I was I was we're laying in bed and I whip out. And I hand my wife this litany and she says, what's this? And I said, it's a litany to be prayed in times of, in, in times of plague. And she, she looked at me and she said, you, my friend, 
practice smash mouth Catholicism. <laughs> so smash, look, I'm just an Ohio boy, okay? Smash mouth Catholicism. My guy on your guy, big on big. You know what I mean? It's it's cold. You remember Minnesota and the Packers before they built the stadiums and they would go outside. I mean, they play in the winter and it's freezing. Yeah. They wouldn't wear any ice cold bowl. weather gear. The you ice bowl. I mean? The ice the bowl. Ice bowl. Well, yeah, you know, grinding it out. So I have a good friend who was a, a retired Green Beret colonel, and he had he had this Marine that was going through the Q course, and he, he kept calling him in between each phase. How do I get through this phase? How do I get through that phase? How do I get through this week and that week? And my friend got tired of his phone calls, and he finally said, look, man, if you want to make through the Q course, qualification course for special forces, here's what you got to do. Keep your head down, keep your mouth shut, and keep walking. And it was like, I was like, oh, man, that's it. You want to make it through these crazy times? Keep your yeah. sanity, keep your head down, keep your mouth shut, and keep walking. Just keep walking. You know what I mean? You might walk. I mean, when I went to ranger school, we walked for days without stopping. No sleep. Walk, walk, walk. And you, you military SF spooky guys, you guys understand. You live this life. I also, the same Green Beret, went over a while back to his, to his territory. I think it was the Philippines or somewhere over there to track down Al-Qaeda at the time. And he says he went over there to be a warrior, right? He went over there to fight. And he gets over there, and all he could do was teach field sanitation, right? Don't poop in the same water that you're drinking out of, right? Don't, um, use, don't use the bathroom in the same area that you're going to have food, right? Because you can't fight. you got to change your socks. Remember Lieutenant Dan? Change your feet, change your socks, keep your feet warm. Every, every grunt knows that. You got to have dry socks, right? Change your socks. How do you keep from getting foot rot? How do you keep from getting, you know, these basic things? Because if you can't get the basics down, you're not going to be able to soldier. So, so, so sometimes we, I, I, I tend to say, let's do these grand, this is the grand tactics. And at the end of the day, keep your head down, keep your mouth shut, keep walking. Stay in a state of grace. Pray your rosary every day, whether you feel it or not. Go to confession on a regular basis. Start growing in purity of thought, word, and deed. And you will grow in sanity and, and, and your own sanity. And the, and, the, and the disorientation in the world around you will just be something, okay, that's fine. But as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome stuff. And when you say keep your mouth shut, you don't mean like don't speak out against the injustices of the world. Well, when you're talking about special forces training, the more you talk, the more yeah, you draw attention it. to yourself, yeah. Yeah. you know, just don't, don't cause any trouble. Just don't, don't just go, just keep grinding it out. You know, no, we have to speak. We have to speak out again, each according to our own, our own, uh, God has called us within our own vocation. My speaking out is different from yours. It's very similar, but ours is certainly different from fathers who, sure. who, who as, as, a, as an ordained priest also preaches. He has the threefold moonra, right? To, to, well, to, well, you to, know, and that that's something. Father, let me jump in real quick before you do. This is in Matthew twenty-five, and we just recorded this for our for our um, next Battle Ready Coalition, which we have an open September seventh and eighth. Yeah. Come join the mission, be yeah. part of the Battle Ready Coalition. It's part of the, actually the training arm of the U.S. Grace Force, and is. Father is our official chaplain of the Battle Ready Coalition. And what we did is we we brought up Matthew twenty-five, the three servants. And how our Lord, when he gives the talents to these three servants, the first gets five, next one gets two, last one gets one. And then when the master comes back, as he's telling the story, the parable, uh, the first one had doubled and gave, gave the master back 10. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant, come share my joy. Next one took the two, made four. Well done, good and faithful servant, come and share my joy. The third one took the one and buried it. And he said, I knew you were a tough master. I was afraid. And so I buried it. I knew you, you planted, you gathered where you did not plant, you harvested where you did not sow. So I, I buried it. Here it is back. And he calls him a, a useless servant. He calls him lazy. He calls him a, a lazy lout, wicked, and takes it from him, gives it to the one with the 10, and then has him thrown out where there was wailing and grinding of teeth. Yeah. Now, it, but the one line in that passage says this that he gave the talents each according to his ability. And Dan, make, you made me think about that when you said that. We are all called to engage in the battle in some way, each according to our ability, our role in life. 
I'm not a biblical scholar like you are, Dan. I'm not a priest like Father. I'm I'm a I'm a grunt soldier. I'm out there just trying to encourage. You know, I'm trying to help people be better prepared, body, mind, soul, little self-defense, little physical training and so forth, you know, a little spiritual training, whatever. But you guys are both in different ballparks, but yet we're all still preaching by the grace of God, the same essential message of being in the state of grace, clinging to our lady, going before our Lord in confession and Eucharist and so forth. And this, even though we're different abilities, we're still using the talents that God gave us, please, Lord, and trying to do something with it to multiply him. And God demands a return on his investment. You know, I think that's one of the clearest thing I ever heard a priest say about that passage is God demands a return on his investment. And I, I believe that God really is calling us all to engage in this battle, this, this sanity that we need in the time of diabolical disorientation and be, be engaging spiritually and naturally, being prepared naturally, training up, getting close with other people, building alliances and friendships, but spiritually where it all begins, as you've said, Father, oh my goodness, these, these save our country, save our world, holy hours that you're doing, or um, heal our land, amazing holy hours are so critical to our, our, our winning any, any ground in this war. Yeah, there, I, there, I'm done. I'm gonna drop the mic. Well, if I could, if I could throw in two, you know, uh, I love Max Colby. He's probably my favorite saint. And uh, what did he do in his time uh, when they were pushing out all the propaganda, all the indoctrination, trying to normalize evil? Uh, he pushed out truth, and he mm. used the best of new media of his time. Yes, I agree. We have to be real careful with new media and social media and all that. And uh, the, the amount of time that it gobbles up where people are doing nonsense stuff. However, uh, we are also seeing it as a way for us to, uh, to pro pro project the truth to one another and to keep each other in truth and to build that alliance that, that is so very necessary. So right. just as, uh, as um, Max Colby thought it was, Father Max Colby thought it was, uh, a necessarily tool in our time. I do too. And, and I just want to share this quote too by St. Louis de Montfort. When people say the rosary together, it is far more formidable to the devil than one said privately, because in this public prayer, it is an army that is attacking him. He can awful, often overcome the prayer of an individual. But if this prayer is joined to other Christians, the devil has uh, much more trouble in getting the best of it. Um, that I love that quote just because awesome. uh, it's true. We have to unite. We, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. We got to get our head down. We got to, we got to uh, purify our intellect, and we've got to be uh, resolved like warriors are. Mm -hmm. And I, and the one thing that I, I I respect and love about warriors is their high level of um, willingness to obey, to obey orders so that they can move as one unit. Uh, and, and that's what we need more than ever. You know, a lot of the, this diabolical di disorientation has got us fighting at each other and, and disagreeing and all this stuff. We have to become united right now, and we have to become united in prayer. And right now, as we speak, I think we're, uh, by the time the show starts, we're about day 10 or 11 of the Novena for Our Nation where we have nearly 78,000 people united as one calling out to the Immaculate and, 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 and believing in this power of prayer that God will bring this reign of terror down. And we believe that with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. 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 Dan, I'm going to ask you real quick, because I know we're running out of time. We're getting close here, but I mean, you know, in the, the three of us, I mean, I know we're all on the same page. Thanks be to God on this. But Dan, from your perspective, is it, it I mean, yes, it's, it's tough watching everything unfold like it is right now. It's hard. And I know that God is in, you know, in the big picture. He understands all that's happening and allowing and, 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 and so forth. Um, there's a phrase out there down in this area where I live in, in, in uh, the Tyler, Texas area. You know, God is in control. And I know that some people will say, well, don't worry about anything because God is in control. Well, I've never worried about God not being in charge of anything. It's not as if God is saying, I don't know what to do. I, these people, I let them figure it out, you know? 
you know, the climate change and all this, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't know what to do. That's not what's going on, but we are a massive part of this. And, and I always say it's the collateral damage. It's all the woundedness. It's all the hurt. I mean, do we think that God wanted the suicide rate to escalate over the last year and a half to two years with lockdowns and all? Of course right. not. I mean, the craziness of people's mindset on some of this is, is hard. But we are also getting closer to the triumph of the Immaculate Heart that Mary has promised. Now, Dan, in your opinion, is there some, I don't want to say excitement. I don't want to give people the wrong idea. But we're at a time, we get to be part of this battle if we engage the way God wants us to. I mean, I look at what Father's doing, and I, my wife and I talk about having uh, pastor envy. You know, that he, he's up there in Wisconsin knocking out these weekly holy hours. He's got great masses. He celebrates on Sunday, the purified Novus Order, he calls it. I love what he's doing up there. I'm in Texas, though, which is great on many, you know, from on many levels, but I, I love what Father's doing. He's not discouraged by these times. Dan, I love what you're doing, book projects, and you and I are talking about doing some, and with Father as well. I mean, there's all kinds of great things happening, but your opinion on the times that we're in and the fact that we as Christians, as Catholics, especially right now, get to be part of this battle right now. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is uh, Queen Esther. You were made... You were born for such a time as this. Exactly. God chose when each of us were, were to be born. God gave us uh, everything, that the, the house, the, the neighborhood, everything about us, the parents, the siblings, so that he could bring the most grace into the world. You were born for a time such as this. And so we were all born for this time. Now we have to just get on our knees, roll up our sleeves, get to work, and, and uh, aura at labora, pray and work, and be at peace, have hope right? You talk about revelation. That's the end game. We win. So we're, you know, we have to have hope, not focus on the negative, not be brought down through right. all the negative things. Right. Pray, what St. Padre Pio say, pray, hope, and don't worry. The more yes. that we, the more that we worry, it mitigates and diminishes the effectiveness of our prayer. Yes. We have to have, be detached to be pure soldiers, to be, to be, uh, 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 um, you know, arrows in the quiver of the Lord. There's this poem of the golden, uh, it's a beautiful poem someone just sent me, the iron bow, a monk, a Carthusian sends to another monk saying, I sit on an outpost like, a, like, a, like an arrow in the quiver of the Lord, who is nice. only the Lord is strong enough to bend the iron bow, and he right. will launch me. I step between two eternities, between time and eternity, between the devil and God between truth and lies. And I wait on this outpost for God to draw back that bow and shoot me. And God's going to do that. We just have to just say, okay, Lord, I want to do whatever you ask me to do. We, we should have some music enter in right there. As yeah, right, right? Music I wish I had your guns though, man. If I had your <laughs> arms, it would look better. I'm too skinny. I'm just a runner. Yeah, see, well, this is why he's my second favorite guest that we have on the show. <laughs> he's got these nice dramatic images and all. Yeah, Dan, I think you said you said one time when we were out working with you. Get we, we did a couple episodes for EWTN's Battle Ready, which we're still editing right now. But you had said something about prayer and worry cannot occupy the same space. Yeah, uh, be, that because I had a, I had a woman say my daughter was in this bad state, and I was so worried. All I did was pray, and I said, No, you didn't. You can only do one or the other. That's right. You know, um, you know, when I was flying helicopters, we would, um, you know, we were doing either a, either a support mission, extraction mission. You know, you're, you're flying close air support for the ground guys. And we'll tell them, hey, pop yellow smoke. And they'll pop smoke, right? So we can see where the target is before GPS and dropping pins and stuff. We could see where they were. But if we saw them, so did the enemy around them. So when you're praying with this anxiety, with this shame, with this anger, with this fear, it projects out into the cosmos, your position, your vulnerability, your weaknesses, your, your, you know, your woundedness. Pray from the heart with confidence and let the Lord do what he's going to do. Amen. Right? You can't have that space. It won't occupy the same space. Prayer, prayer can occupy the same so space. Let's, let's conclude tonight. Thanks so much, Dan. That's awesome, man. Uh, and let's conclude tonight with this prayer of hopefulness. This is, uh, this is actually the prayer that we pray at the end of our whole, uh, Heal Our Land Holy Hours every Thursday night. And it's also the prayer I offered for the invocation uh, for the Lincoln-Reagan dinner this Saturday. Mm -hmm. So with hope, we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, God, our creator, from your 
provident hand, we have received our right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You have called us as your people and given us the right and the duty to worship you, the only true God and your son, Jesus Christ. Through the power and working of the, your Holy Spirit, you call us to live out our faith in the midst of the world, bringing the light and the saving truth of the gospel to every corner of society. We ask you to bless us in our vigilance for the gift of religious liberty. Give us the strength of mind and heart to readily defend our freedoms when they are threatened. Give us courage in making our voices heard on behalf of the rights of our your church and the freedom of conscience of all people of faith. Grant, we pray, O Heavenly Father, a clear and united voice to all your sons and daughters gathered in your church in this decisive hour in the history of our nation, so that with every trial withstood and every danger overcome, for the sake of our children, our grandchildren, and with all who come after us, this great land will always be one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dan. Awesome. Good to have you on again.